Hello, Tony. Hey, Ken. Welcome. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to doing this because I've always toyed with the idea in my head about brewing beer at home. I love beer yeah. and just the option of making it as and when you want is just a dream come true. There's some questions I'd like to kick off with first. How yeah. easy is it to brew beer? Well, it's one of those things. It's There's lots of different ways of doing it. Some of them are easier than others. Um but basically, beer is made from um, malted grains, which is where the sugars have been released from grains, hops and water, and the work's done by the yeast. Now, in order to get those sugars out, there is a process you need to go through, which if you want to make beer from scratch, like I mostly do, uh, you start off with something like this, the, the basic grains and the hops, and you go through... The process takes about four hours for me. Um, but you don't have to do that because um, that sort of thing has already been done for you. And most people, when they think about making beer, they'll think about kits. They'll think about something like this. These have been around, well, forever, really. Um, and this is the way lots of people have made beer in the past. And all that hard work's been done for you in a kit like this. So all you do is you dissolve this into, into water. Um, you add some extra fermentables, preferably malt, but some people put in sugar. It doesn't make as good beer, though. Um, and then you put the yeast in and let it do its work. So about half an hour's work, getting it ready, and then you just leave it for a couple of weeks to do it. And then the harder work comes when, when you've got to bottle it or do, do something else with it. But um, that's that's basically the, the two different ways. One where you do all the hard work and one where they've done all the hard work. And obviously, you pay them to do the hard work. <laughs> and if I want a, a lager, so a low alcohol lager, what would I need to change to to get that as the end result? But if you want to make a low alcohol lager, there's, there's nothing that's specifically designed for that. But the way to do it is to put in less fermentables. So you just put in the can, and perhaps a, a little bit of, of extra or something with it. Um, but the, the less fermentables that there is there, the less alcohol you'll end up with in the end. Uh, and what are the fermentables? So, as I said, a lot of people years ago used to put just ordinary sugar in. Um, it works, it makes alcohol, but I call it empty alcohol. It's got no flavour, um, so it's not the best way. Beer should, of any kind, should be made with malt. And okay. um, I'll, I'll show you some of that. So that's one, one of the ways that malt comes in yeah. a powder. Uh, there's lots of different different ways. Lots of different qualities of kits as well. Like now, Nowadays, we've got kits like this with everything in the box mm -hmm. designed to give an absolute top quality beer with lots of flavour, hop flavours, some beautiful hops in there. Yeah. And how long, how long did you say it takes to, to brew the beer, so from start to finish? Yeah, usually about um, two weeks to, to get it brewed and then a few days for it to clear. And then with beer, you don't want it to be flat. And while you're brewing it, 
any gas that's there will escape. So then you have to put it into some sort of container. Um, I should... That's that's called a pressure barrel. Yeah. That's an old one. Um, and it, it seals up. And you, you can put it in, into there, seal it up, and you put some extra fermentables in, some, some extra sugar usually, uh, just a little bit. And the, the yeast turns that into CO2, and it puts all the gas back into the beer. That gives it what we call the body. So you can do that, or you can do the same thing by putting it into bottles and sealing it up. So when you say the fermentables, they like the ingredients? Yeah. Yeah, basic in- ingredients. And let's say if, for the actual fermentation itself, you're best to use malt. Yeah. That makes the best taste in beer. And what would you say are the main mistakes people make who haven't done this process before? Well, I could tell you mistakes people used to make a lot years ago. It, this was so much more popular than it is now. Nearly everybody did it. But they, a lot of them made the same mistake. Firstly, they wanted to make it as strong as possible, so they just could have put more and more and more table sugar in. Um, yeah. And I, usually that would either kill the, the yeast and you get no alcohol, or you'd get something which would put you on your back. <laughs> it wouldn't taste very good. Um, and another thing that people got wrong sometimes was not sterilising everything. You, you want the yeast to do the work, not bacteria that's and, and wild yeast that are floating around. You want the yeast that's in the packet to, to do the work. So you have to kill off everything else with a steriliser. So uh, everything has to be thoroughly cleaned and sanitised with, with, uh, with the powder. And if you do that properly, then you don't have much of a problem. The only other thing you've got to keep in mind is that yeast hate changes in temperature so you, you need to to keep your whatever it is beer or wine or whatever at the, at the right temperature usually 18 to 20 for beer 18 to 20 celsius so uh, and if you can keep it at a nice steady temperature then the yeast are happy and they give you a good product so if you, if you get the temperature wrong does that affect <laughs> the taste or the fermentation process yeah, well, if it's too cold, it could stop altogether, and, which isn't that much of a problem. It's it's possible to get it going again. If it's too warm, then the yeast get very stressed and they put some nasty tasting substances into the beer and it's not good at all. And there's no getting back from that. So so is a lot of it trial and error? I mean, in terms of the flavour that you want, the um, the fermentation process, is it about finding the best place that makes the yeast happy? Um, finding somewhere in your house that, that's, that, that's a nice steady temperature. The, the worst place is the kitchens because you cook in there, it gets warm, gets cold at night, warm again. The yeast don't like that. <laughs> and the other bad place for it, it would be um, conservatories, same sort of reason, get yeah, very hot. So it's somewhere like a bad back bedroom. Um, under the stairs is a great place. To, to do it somewhere with a nice steady temperature so just going back to the ingredients again so you've got your sugar you've got your malted barley is that what that is and yeah. yeast and what else do you need hops, hops. Um, now the kits these are already in yeah 
that's that's something I've just pulled off. We, we've got some dried hops hanging up. Uh, I'll just pull those off so I can yeah. show you. <laughs> I wouldn't brew these. <laughs> but, but it shows you what, what the hop flowers are. And yeah. in there, there are little um, pockets of, of oil that are produced by the plant. Mm. And that produce the, the, the flavours. And the, they give it the bitterness and there are hundreds of different sorts of hops and they've all got their own character um we brew great ones here in in this country you think of as traditional english flavors but you go to like america that's famously citrusy grapefruity you've probably had beers like that in a real ale pub mm. uh, popular uh, but hops are grown all over the world and we get hops from all over the world so there's lots and lots of choice in yeah. different yeah so you got your your hops your water your 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 um multi barley the yeast and are those essentially is that all the ingredients you need for beer those is it five Basically, ingredients yeah and in, in germany um there's something called the reinheitsgebot the, the purity law um because at one time they had a problem with people sticking all sorts of rubbish in beer so they got upset and made a, a law you've got to put in only those those things that so the, the law was water uh, hops and malt because they didn't know about yeast then it was it was just there naturally um and they used to execute people who, who broke the law <laughs> so, nowadays the germans wouldn't think of doing it but that's not to say that it isn't okay to put some other things in and many things are put in beer it's just you've got to make sure it's the right right stuff you you add to it to make a better flavor not a worse one and, not trying to make and just going back to the to the alcohol content did you say previously people used to put just sugar and what else did you say they put in and it just tasted flat it wasn't very nice you... well if the gas escapes then it'd yeah. be flat yeah so yeah you, you have to get what's called a secondary fermentation in the sealed container after you finish the, the main brew yeah. so uh, if you don't get that right, then it, it will be flat. But And sometimes people struggle with that for the fir first couple of times. But once they got the hang of it, then it's it's not a problem. So uh, it is an essential part of, of the taste of the beer. If Flat beer just doesn't taste right. No. I mean, would that be sort of like your rails? They tend to be flatter than lager, which tends to be fizzier. It, they, they're not flat, but they don't have as much carbon dioxide yeah. in them the lager does um but i know the americans think think our beer is flat but uh even they're coming around to our way of thinking that most of the the decent breweries in america um uh, brew ales the way the way that we do and the um the, the lager industry over there it's it's not really very well thought of so the pe people there prefer the ales the ones who know about it so um yeah you you've got to uh, you've got to get the amount of gas in it in it right if you put too much what's called priming sugar in your bottle um when you open it there'll be too much gas and it'll just spurt out and if you don't put enough in it'll be flat so you've got to get it right so if i was to brew um some uh, beer for the first time 
how forgiving is the process? Would the end result be similar or comparable to what you'd be able to buy in the shops? Or is it a, a question of the more practice, the better the the out, the better the product is at the end of it? Uh, it's a bit of both. The, the first thing is to to start with a decent kit. Something like, like this one, where everything is in there all ready to go in the right quantities. And you follow the instructions and, and you won't have any, any problems. Sorry, I couldn't, I couldn't see it there. Uh, if you follow the instructions, it, it's fine. Um, a lot of people are into making it from first principles with, with, with the grains. Then it does take a bit of practice. But once you've got the hang of it, you can brew anything. Uh, and you can tweak it to your own taste. And, and I mean any anything. There's There's nothing you can't brew. So you, do you say first principle? So is that adding the raw ingredients, the the, the malted barley, the the hops, the sugar, the water, the yeast? Sugar in normally at that point. All all the fermentables would come from the grain. Okay. Usually. So um, you're using the the rest, follow the recipe to a certain extent, and then once people have got used to the process, they can start tweaking the recipe changing it and lots of people like to test themselves in in making their favorite beer you know they're buying the shops but they quickly find out that they can make better beer than that <laughs> a lot of my customers make better beer than you can buy in the pubs <laughs> and some of them actually own breweries now really few, yeah and some quite well known uh, but they started off as home brewers. They they learnt their craft doing it at home, uh, and now they make their living doing it. How uh, would you say there's been a resurgence in the popularity of brewing at home? Definitely, yeah. Uh, especially once people realise the quality. Years ago, the quality of the kits wasn't all that good, but over the past, I'd say over the past fifteen years. The quality has shot up, and um, you could you can't complain about in, anything that you you get in in the kits nowadays. And we've got access now to to the same ingredients that all the brewer, breweries have got. So that's exactly the same as the biggest breweries would use, and the tiny microbreweries and home brewers can have exactly the same thing. And it's broken down so they don't have to buy it. A vast quantity of it they just get what they need and we've got access to all those different kinds of hops now as well so you can mix and match you can use your favorite hops you can use your favorite malts you can make it dark light bitter sweet um so wh whatever type of beer you like what's your favorite beer um at the moment <laughs> a bud light <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I i did used to like stella i mean for a big for a long time i, I was a, a stella artai drinker and then um I, I think the lower alcohol suits my lifestyle better now at this point so i um i can drink a lot more but light <laughs> and uh not wake up with a sore head the following morning so that works for me anyway <laughs> and that's not to drink as much <laughs> um yeah, it's um, the thing about alcohol and beer is that 
there tends to be a correlation between the, the flavours that you get and the amount of alcohol that's in it. Like some of the the really well-flavoured beers, they got something like 6.5% alcohol. Mm. Um, and, and that's not with people going mad and putting extra sugar in. That's the way they're designed and that they're really good at that. But an average homebrew kit would be something like 4%. Mm. But they don't put as much sugar in. You can make it weaker. It will change the flavours. Um, and it won't last as long because the alcohol is a preservative. But you can do it. So it's the sugar that affects the alcohol content. Adding more sugar increases the alcohol? By sugar, we're talking malt is sugar. It's a oh, type okay. of sugar. Chemically. Yeah. So we're talking about any fermentables, really. Um, so with your Budweiser, they put um, they put rice powder in that. And the reason they did that was because they were having the trouble getting... The, in America, they're hot, they're, sorry, their malts aren't as good as ours. They're a different type of um, of, of, um, of grain. And they were having a problem with clarity. And they found that if they used rice, they could get rid of that problem. It was the proteins that were doing it. Uh, and that's where Bud and things like it started, really. So, um, but it's empty. It's empty alcohol they get. It's, it, the flavours aren't there. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I do also. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. I, I also like uh, some of the, I like mild, you know, Banks is mild. I know you can get that in the black country a lot. Yeah. Miles can be amazing. Um, but miles don't have to be weak. Um, f- uh, there's a, a brewery I know of the road brew, brew gone at the 7.5%. But the, um, the whole they don't have to be dark either. Some of them are quite light. The, the main point about a, a mild is that it's low in hops. So the the malt flavours predominate and the, the the hops are toned down. But, yeah, you can get some, some great mild beers. Okay, so basically the flavour is dependent on the ratio of the ingredients. So, like you say, um, less hops and more malted barley, is it, that? that gives it more of a yeah. mild flavour. The, um, the the amount of hops that, that you put in changes the character, definitely. Uh, the sort of the sort of grains, because there are loads of different sorts of grains you can use. I just showed you that this is one of the best ones that you start with. It's uh, called Maris Otter, and it's a top quality grain. And most beers are started with something like that. What? And then you can add other things to it. Um, so it's like a base ingredient that marisotta is that what you said all the base malt a base malt yeah. and then and you, you need but you can add things to make it dark um things to give it a toasty flavor or a biscuity flavor um you can there are malts that come from belgium which uh, have got really specialist flavors there's, there's all sorts of stuff and how expensive? I know you talked about these kits. These kits are relatively inexpensive, are they? Yeah. Um, well, if if you're doing a a, a bit a, a kit, that kit's sixteen sixty, and it makes forty points. They nearly all make forty points. Um, whereas this one, it's uh, just under twenty five pounds. 
not, but like I say, everything is in is in that box. Yeah. So there's nothing else to buy. You do need a bit of equipment. Costs you less than forty pounds to set yourself up with the equipment. But, um, after that, you only need to buy the kits or or the ingredients. And how much would a bag of those that 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 um I don't know what you call it the the, the bag you just showed us how much would that cost? Uh, that's six fifty for for um, three kilos. Okay. And and would you add water to that? And I mean, what else do you need to add to that to make beer? Right. You, you, what you have to do is to release the sugars from it. So you do something called mashing. Have you? You've probably heard of. I've, I've heard of mashing. Yeah, but not sure what well, it means. You you mix it with with the right amount of water to make it a type of porridge. Yeah. And you get the temperature that activates the enzymes that are already in the malt. And those enzymes then release the sugars. And then uh, once the mashing is complete and all the sugars have been released, you do something called sparging. So you've probably heard of mashing and sparging. Sparging is just flushing those sugars out so you can make beer with them. Yeah. So does that, you say there's enzymes in there, Does that is that similar to what yeast does? It, it kind of acts like a catalyst and... and and drives the fermentation or is yeast something else yeast um, does have enzyme in fact the the word enzyme um comes from yeast yeast is where the zyme bit comes from because they first discovered enzymes in yeast uh, yeast have got their loads of different enzymes in but they're not not the same as the enzymes that are in the grain the enzymes that are in the grain that they're, they're there really for the plant they're, the, the plant stores uh, its energy in the form of starch, but it wants to be able to get at it. So it's got enzymes in in the grains, which are there to release it. You're right for time. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, carry on. So so the, um, the, the plants release those sugars when the plant needs it. And, of course, what we do is we force it to, to release it when we want it. Um, so we're, we're using... The, the, the plant's own systems to to get the sugars that we need to make beer and at a given point um when you say you mash is it so you add water do you leave it for a couple of weeks to no. oh, oh, an hour an hour so you I do the mash okay so the mashing process quite quickly it comes to the mashing point quite quickly in the yeah. in the brewing process and then do you siphon that off do you say get rid of that the mash you, you flush uh, those those sugars out yeah and you put them into your boiling pot if you're doing it in that way you have to boil the kits okay. it's all done for you but okay. in, like in from scratch you, you do the mash and the boil okay. so the reason for that is to get the hot flavors into it um that, that's the main reason for it anyway so so you boil with the hops and then the hot flavors go into the um, in, into the liquid that, that you you released from from the grains, and that turns it in, into. Um, I'm not going to use too many technical terms, but it, it, <laughs> it the the right sort of flavors. Yeah, and then the yeast works on that and turns it into beer. And what's the appeal to you? What got you into into brewing? Uh, one was I like the taste of it. Uh, years ago, uh, my, 
when I was at school, my I did uh, work experience at Mitchells and Butler's Brewery uh, in the labs. Um, and I got, got to know a few people who, who were into brewing then. And that I, I worked with Firm and B um, later on as well. And seeing how it's done commercially, it's very, very similar to the way that, that we do it. It's just done on a vastly bigger scale and with an eye to the costs all the while. So that's why once I got into brewing myself, I realised I didn't have those cost rest restraints because it doesn't matter to me if it's a few pence dearer, but that, those few pence make all the difference to the quality and the flavours. So, um, but it, it's still really... It's still a lot cheaper to, to make your own beer than it is to drink it in a club. With, with a kit, you're talking what, 45p a pint. Really? And less than that um, for for making it from scratch. But so, um, yeah, it's it's great. You know how people get stuck on cooking, you know, they they love cooking. Well, it's very similar. Yeah. You, yeah and you want to cook your own food. So you want to brew your own beer. So you, you wouldn't go back to to buying stuff from the shop for beer? Yeah. Um, if it's something special, because I like to, if, if something unusual comes up, I like Belgian beers. And I, I can brew Belgian beers, but there's so many different sorts that, that I wouldn't have room for in the house. So, uh, <laughs> so now and again, I do buy, buy some. Is and that like... Is is that like the orangey boom, the the kind of white one with all the citrus? Uh, I know that is that a Belgian beer, the white beer, the cloudy beer. Is that the sort of um, thing you're talking about? Yeah, well, the, that's um, that type of beer. It's, it's called a wit beer in, in Belgium. It, it's a, it's made with wit, quite a lot of wheat in it, so it's it's a slightly different grain, it's different flavour. But the, um, in Belgium, they add coriander and they add orange peel, and um. They they tweak the flavours, and it's usually quite strong as well. But um, you go around the world, and just an amazing quantity of different beers, and we can get the stuff to make them all. So um, if you find a beer you like, then then uh, you can make it yourself. And what's your favourite, Ken? What's your favourite beer? Well, I used to have a lot to do with. That with Munich in Germany, and I love the beers there. So that's that's the beer I usually brew if I've got time. The reason is it is I'd, I'd say the most difficult beer in the world to brew. There's a lot more stages in it than there are normal beers, but um, I do that to sort of test myself. But when it works and and you, you get it good, Munich beers they're certainly the king of lagers. They, um, if you like lagers, you want to try some beers from Munich, try uh, Polana or Hackershaw or something like that. Fantastic. And then learn to do it yourself. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. It's been fascinating talking to you. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye -bye. All the best. Bye. I fancy a beer now.